so it's been a while since I last recorded and published an episode of what she said and actually this is going to be the last episode of the current series because I'm doing a huge relaunch huge relaunch that sounds a little bit more grand than I mean it to be but I'm changing everything I'm changing what she said podcast into um that speaks more to my values now and the things I'm interested in. Um, it will still be called What She Said, and I think you'll all still be really interested in it, but it won't be how it has been. So I won't be talking about small business, motherhood, Instagram, in the way that I have been. Anyway, that should be happening by the end of the month. It's very exciting. But for this last ever episode of What She Said in the guise that it is now, I'm talking to Ali Buckley. Um, so I really, really hope that you enjoy the episode and stick around. <laughs> so today I am speaking to the amazingly magical content creator and Instagram maven, Ali Buckley, aka She Made Magic. Hi, Ali. How are you? I'm okay. How are you doing? Not bad. Thank you. So let's kick things off. I sort of hate those standard Oh, tell me about yourself and why don't you introduce yourself for the listeners? Really boring. Everybody can find out about you if they want to by just looking at your website. So I would love to get to know you a little bit more with some quick fire questions. Oh my gosh. You ready? Yeah. (laughs) Fave vegetable. Broccoli. Ooh. Fave place. Cornwall. Favourite colour? Blue. Superficial item you'd save from a burning building? My moisturiser. Nice. And what is your moisturiser? I've got about six or so. I mean, I'm like, I'm a queen of moisturiser. Yeah. I'm oh, are you? I'm lizard by like some of my friends. I just love a moisturiser, anything. Anything, <laughs> Vaseline, anything, just give me the moisture. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Lockdown cliche that you've embraced daily walks banana bread i mean i can play bingo with this we can do more <laughs> i don't like banana bread controversial um, my husband doesn't like it so i have to eat the whole thing so i resisted in lockdown one but now i'm pregnant i'm like yeah just oh. banana bread i'll eat the whole thing it's fine the baby needs it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and who are you locked down with i'm locked down with my husband and my two little boys and i'm currently cooking another little boy in my tummy mum of three and it yeah three boys wow yeah exciting (laughs) three under five I will have um at some point this year that's exciting (laughs) and probably a little bit terrifying Um, a little bit but I always had a weird premonition that I would have three boys so it feels very familiar oh it's nice it's so exciting let's get stuck into your work then so how do you find yourself in the job that you're in right now Okay, so I went on maternity leave with my second little boy and within a week of my maternity leave, in fact, I was actually on holiday on that maternity, I hadn't started the maternity leave, I was still on sort of annual leave, it was like a January, I was taking January off on annual leave and I received a letter that made me redundant from that job. Um, It was all legitimate, they were relocating, Um, so I took my redundancy pay took all my money from them <laughs> and I was like oh, okay what am I going to do now now I, I didn't love my old job I 
become very sort of bitter about my old job. There was a lot going on in the sort of space of that workplace um, that was very toxic. Um, and I found myself at like a point of, okay, well, I, I really don't know what to do. Um, but I do this thing online. I've got this hobby that I really enjoy doing and people seem to think I'm quite good at it. I wonder if I can sort of turn that into a business. Um, and I'm very, been very inspired by people on Instagram who have multi hyphened jobs. And so I sort of set myself on a path to have this multi hyphened job that I have now. Um, so I sell courses. I do social media management for small business and coaching for small businesses to help them with their Instagram. I create organic content just to inspire people. And I also do micro influence work on Instagram. Um, so that's sort of all of the strings to my bow, I think. <laughs> I think that's everything. <laughs> I think that's enough, isn't it? Along yeah. with three kids. Don't add any more. <laughs> But I think, so one thing that struck me about you, I only discovered you like last year, which is insane to me. Because I, I, I think you, we were, we kind of move in the same circles. I think we're I in like, the same oh. sort of, yeah. At the, and, and being around the same sort of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. In the um, Instagram world, I, yeah. Exactly. Um, and the first thing that I thought was, oh my goodness, this person is amazing how do you not have like 300,000 followers um because the content that you create is well you do it's what it says on the tin it's magical um really high quality the ads that you create are gorgeous um and the way that you teach because I've done your stories course and your magical smartphone course yeah um and the way you teach is just it's brilliant. I think I, I'm a total fangirl. I think you're absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Likewise, by the way, I've been inspired by you since before any of this sort of business side of my work was even an idea. I just thought, oh, wow, people are doing that thing that they want to do and living that freelance life. And yeah, totally inspired by yourself and others on Instagram. Ah, oh, that's nice. A bit of mutual fangirling. So let's talk <laughs> about that freelance life and how when you're when you're sort of creating as a micro influencer, a lot of people start off with it as their side hustle first. Um and then move into the into doing that full time in whatever way, shape or form it kind of turns out to be. Because often it isn't oh, you just make ads and that's all you do um and then you just you know brands are knocking down your door and then you're like oh i'm making enough money that i can go f uh, freelance full time that's not that doesn't tend to be how it happens especially not now no. um, but how did it start for you so when you had your kind of traditional in the office job mm -hmm. um and you had she made magic as a side hustle how did that start um, so on my first maternity leave, um, I discovered Instagram. I was probably quite a late discoverer of Instagram. Um, so that would have been 2016, end of 2016, beginning of 2017. I discovered this world on Instagram and all these like mums were sharing just advice and love and support. And there were <clears throat> other mums like sharing creative photos that they were taking of their children. And I was like, oh, wow, this is not what I thought Instagram was. Like, I didn't really get Instagram. I just thought it was famous people posting pictures of themselves and people posting pictures of coffee. I literally <laughs> didn't get it at all. And I was like, oh, it's a community. Like, there's people and you can chat to them. And 
I'd never had that. I'd never had an online community before. So fast forward sort of six months, I've got a six month old baby and I'm on my full year's maternity leave and I'd started, you know, building a thousand followers. And I was like, oh, wow, this is so much fun. Like I love taking these photos. Get to the end of my maternity leave. I've got a lot of anxiety about going back to work. Um, but I thought, oh, I've only got a couple of thousand followers. I can't do anything with this. I'll just keep it as a hobby. So um, I was pregnant when I went back to work. Sadly, lost the baby. Uh, sadly, in a job that I hated as well. And the whole that whole year, then I fell pregnant again. That whole year back at work, I kept hold of Instagram and kept it up as much as I could. And I started getting gifted work. So just brands saying, oh, can we gift you some stuff in return for posts? And I was like, yeah, this is amazing. This is this is like the dream. I, you know, I had a couple of thousand followers and I'm getting free stuff, flowers and things, stuff for the baby and stuff for my little toddler and stuff. It was so much fun. Um, and then when I was made redundant, so that was 2019, January, I was made redundant. I was like, I, I'm going to have to turn this hobby into something because I just felt like how else am I? You know, I spent all this time. I'd invested so much time. You've got to understand how much time even micro influencers investing. I mean, minimum, mm. I was probably doing 20 hours a week when I was on maternity and when I was working as well. So I was doing a 20 hour week in the office and probably spending about 20 hours a week on my Instagram. I worked out mm. at one point and I'm like, that's serious. Like you're taking that hobby quite serious at that point. Um, and I didn't want to lose that. I felt like I'd invested a lot of time, skill. And I just wanted to embrace it, get better at it. And yeah, thankfully, my husband's incredibly supportive and he's totally laid back. So he was like, just go for it. It'll be fine. And my parents <laughs> the same. And my sister was a supporter. And, you know, you come up against people when you suggest these crazy ideas of like, I'm just going to do this Instagram thing as like a business. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't really know, but it's going to work. <laughs> But other people's self-doubt gives you self-doubt. Mm. So I just had to block it all out and be like, no, I do know this will work. I'll make it work. And yeah, it, it's working so far. The courses was like, I didn't come up with that straight away. That took another sort of four. I went self-employed September 2019. And I didn't start launching the courses really as an idea, even in my head in, until January 2020. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that year. So I actually launched the first day of my first course was the 1st of March 2020. Within three weeks, we were in lockdown. Goodness. And I had no childcare. So. <laughs> but that was fun. Such fun. <laughs> Such fun. And then I wrote the stories course in May when we were in like the peak of lockdown, like in some, I don't actually know how I managed to do that. But yeah, I, I let that one, that little lockdown baby, my lockdown baby course went out in in May that was the Instagram stories course and that has been yeah that's been one of the best courses and one of the best pieces of content I've ever produced I absolutely love it it's brilliant it's so good um so thinking about the advice that people give and the noise that's out there when it comes <laughs> yeah. to going self-employed and just I think it's hard when you're a solo you know solopreneur freelancer you don't have any colleagues so our colleagues are each other we're mm -hmm. That's that's a good and a bad thing, right? Because they're so, you know, you get the crappy noise as well as the great support. Um, so what's the best bit of advice you've been given? I don't, I, I, right, you were sent this question on an email and I reread it and read it and I thought, 
it's so tricky. There's little there's little snippets from things that you pick up from people. One, just like self-belief, just believe in your idea and don't listen to other people's worries. So often I would say, I'm going to go self-employed and I'm going to do this thing. And they and people go, you shouldn't do that. Oh, no, yeah. I wouldn't do that. And what they're saying is they wouldn't do it. Not you shouldn't do it. They don't know about you, your own thoughts and your own desires, but they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't step out of their comfort zone. And so they push it onto you. So I think you really have to learn to block that out. And I'm not saying I was going to be an acrobat or something. Or like, something <laughs> crazy. I was going to do something that I was already doing, basically. So, um, you know, I've not gone crazy. They, they, people project and you have to block that out. Um, another amazing piece of advice um, was productivity over perfectionism. It is so easy to use perfectionism as a form of procrastination. So I can't do this because it's not perfect. I can't launch my website because it's not finished. I can't launch a course because I haven't finished writing it. I can't, um, you know, put this photo out because it's not perfect. Just get it out there because mm. you learn as you go. And I'm still working on my website now. And I launched it like over a year ago. And I'm still literally this week trying to be tweak things that I hate, that I've always hated. But you know what? I've been getting business. So that's mm. the most important thing that I'm earning money for my family, that I've established a business, that I've established a community. Um, and actually, you can come back to those things. Nobody's criticizing me. Nobody's like picking my website apart and saying, I'm not going to order from you because this page doesn't look so pretty. That's all in our own heads. So, yeah, be productive. Get stuff out there. And if it's wrong, go and fix it later, you know? I think that's a really, really good piece of advice, productivity over. Although, yeah, I have my own issues with just the hustle mentality on Instagram and mm. and tools to be more productive and all the rest of it. But mm. I, I think productivity over ditching perfectionism and just start before you're ready. Mm. Just do just it. Get in there, get, get going, yeah, and just keep learning and learning and learning, yeah. How do you feel, though, when you make a mistake? Because when you're doing things so publicly mm. it doesn't matter if you've got six thousand followers or you know 500 followers if they're you know if you put them in a room it's still terrifying so yeah. how do you feel when you make a mistake online do you ever get called out or you know or even you know typos stuff like that yeah i mean i've made i've made some brilliant mistakes in photographs where i'd sort of accidentally cut my legs off once underneath a table and the amount of people that <laughs> like a composite image of me in the table really, like and it went really well it was like he was getting loads of it was getting loads of engagement it bumped my followers it was just one of those that just went really well and then in the comments people are like where are your legs, where are your legs? Like, I hadn't even noticed because I'm often editing with two kids around my ankles yeah. so I'm like quick post it just do it um yeah well I call it out on stories basically if I get called out I just go, oh, look, I've been called out and then have that conversation. I think I'm just OK with that. I'm OK with, say, holding my hands up and saying I've made a mistake. Uh, there's no buts. I mean, there is a but that one. Probably probably the kids annoying me and not, me not checking. But <laughs> <laughs> if it was something more serious, I wouldn't say, OK, I've made a mistake. But I would just say I've made a mistake. I'm sorry. I learn. I move on. Yeah. I think more people should should embrace that. Um, and it's so, not that serious. That's the other thing. It's like, no, it's crazy not serious. <laughs> like, 
this is, <laughs> this is a mental job that I'm doing. Like I take photos in my house and post them on the internet and brands sometimes pay me for it. And then I teach people how to do that for themselves for a hobby or because it might benefit their small business. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's, yeah, it's fun, isn't it? It's magic. It's fun. It's just a bit of fun. Yeah. I, I um, hired a VA last week and um, we were having our kind of onboarding chat and I said to her, just as a as a kind of guiding principle for my work, literally nothing I do is urgent <laughs> because, because it's not. Like you get, there's not, you know, there's, it's not. So never, because, you know, I know what it's like when you're working with clients and you just presume everything's urgent and it is hard. Um, so I was like, please just keep that in mind for my stuff. <laughs> nothing I do is urgent. <laughs> no, nobody will die. Not that important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned your kids. Mm. So how has becoming a parent impacted your work? I know that, you know, obviously, Maybe being a parent was com- completely the catalyst for you doing what you're doing now. Entirely, yeah. I think I had always said for years I'd love to be self-employed. But I had no idea what I might do, and uh, and being a VA was actually one of the things I thought I might do or um, do some more training into sort of accounts background and do some book- be a bookkeeper or something like that. I don't know. Um, I'm pretty glad I didn't do those things because <laughs> <laughs> I'm much, I'm much too creative and, uh, my brain is too quick for that stuff. Um, yeah, they were absolutely the catalyst because without them, I wouldn't have gone down. This wouldn't be a path. This wouldn't necessarily be happening. Um, but my, what my want is for a work-life balance. So my ambition is work-life balance, not money. My ambition is work-life balance, not 50,000 followers or um, 10,000 pounds a week in courses or whatever the gurus tell you you can make in courses. That isn't my ambition. My ambition is to have a job that is mine, have my children and my family life that is mine and own it and balance it. That's my ambition. And that's very different from the ambition I had before I had children, which was to make more money. I worked in sales I'd always worked in sales. I'm, you know, there's no point in me being embarrassed about the fact that I used to make a lot of money and I used to sell a lot. And that was my job. Literally every day I went in and we had our sales targets for the week, £100,000, whatever it was, and we had to hit our targets. If we didn't hit our targets, we didn't get our bonus. Um, And that was my old life. So this is a very different life. And I set my own targets. And sometimes they're monetary. Um, but more often than not, they're more, okay, I want to create this many images this week, or I want to write a new free guide for my followers or something like that. They're completely different. Um, or I want to make sure this week I spend lots of time with the children. That's my ambition. Um, not to, you know, make tons and tons of money. That's the thing, isn't it? When you go freelance, I think probably it's talked about a little bit more now, but certainly when I went freelance, about six years ago six seven years ago um I feel like I was mostly seeing those gurus saying you could be making this much you could be Mm. and there wasn't enough of people saying yeah I don't I don't want to I mean it'd be great if I could yeah I know I I wouldn't say no to ten thousand pounds you know a week (laughs) (laughs) but also I don't want to work that much (laughs) No. no No. And I've had 
in the last five years, which has been my progression of having children, I've had five pregnancies in five years. I've breastfed for a total of 28 months. And uh, do you know what? It's it's bloody hard. It's mm. so hard. And I don't want to make myself ill physically and mentally because I've worked so hard to make that money. I don't see what you're, you're not winning. You're not winning at life. If you mm-hmm. do that, if you make yourself ill, if you push yourself that hard um, and being able to, you know, go freelance, work from home, it took balls to do it. But it obviously takes, you know, it took a bit of privilege because my husband is earn enough pretty much to keep us going. So, you know, there's lots of circumstances and I don't know, it's a. Uh, I think that too much focus is put on go freelance or do these things. You will earn more money than you did working at work. And that's amazing. And it's like, it's not, it's not just about that. Is it? Mm-hmm. Cause if it was just about that, then more people could do it, but it's really not. It's about the fact that I can only, only have 15 hours childcare, but you know, I can work in the evenings and I can work at the weekends. And I know that the, the pandemic has meant that lots more people are doing that and working from home and realizing there's this other flexible way to work. But us people who chose to do it before the pandemic, we're like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. This is what we're saying. Join us. (laughs) Welcome. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a bit of a tricky question. I did kind of prep you for this. Mm. (laughs) First of all, I don't want to presume your identity. So Mm. you're a cis white female. Yes. So as somebody with with all of those privileges, how are you making your spaces more inclusive? And is that something that you kind of strive to do? Is it something that's in the back of your mind? Or is it, you know, something you do in your, I don't, I hate to say real life, but in your offline life, but Mm. not in your online life? Yeah, I think that last point is really interesting. I was actually speaking to my sister about it last night. And I was saying within my four walls, it's probably more of a topic within my four walls, within my household, than it maybe is on my platform. Um, my intention going forward is to learn and educate myself on marginalised communities, the history of why marginalised communities are in this situation and I want my children to understand it I have I will have three white males I'm Mm. going to bring up three white men and that is really that can weigh heavy actually and there's a lot of conversation about sort of uh, women let's raise you know strong girls club and all that sort of marketing around that on Instagram and, and feminism and marginalized communities and it's like okay well I've got the three most privileged I've literally given birth to them yeah. they're there <laughs> and I've got to make sure that they know that mm-hmm. and that they grow up in a world where they see it okay and and also with my husband I, I do a lot more research into my own personal like relearning understanding teaching myself more and I thought I had to sort of translate this back to my husband because he, do you know what? He works in a corporate environment where almost everyone is like over 50 and they're white and they're men. Mm. And I'm like, you've got to see it. You have to see it. Um, and we have to make sure our children see it because if we don't start with our children, then 
it's never going to change. We've mm. got to start. And not always is it that somebody online. So I think people were looking on social media last summer when Black Lives Matter was really amplified and people were looking online to influencers to educate them. Mm. And I, I can remember being very frustrated and being like, why are you actually looking at, at influencers to educate you? Why are you not educating yourself? Why are you not? You've got the internet. I mean, social media is amazing. You can sort of have bite-sized information. It's nice. It's easy to digest. But is that not just not enough? That's not enough. Mm. Like, go and do the work yourself. Go and educate your family, yourself, and look within your communities at what you can do closer to home. It's it's almost too easy to do it online because... Mm. It was almost too easy for people to put a black square up last summer and go, oh, look what I've done. I put this black square on my Instagram feed. No offense to anyone who did it. You know, you had your reasons, but I was like, no, it's, but it's not enough, is it? Yeah. It's not enough in your, in your, in your business, in your home life, in your, you should be doing more. Um, and so within my four walls, those are the conversations we have. Um, I am aware of my privilege on. Instagram. And in fact, I try and I try and post with intent to not point out my privilege too much. Does that make sense? Like to yeah. I don't want to highlight something that I need to stop. You know, we need to stop doing that. We need to like realize when we're doing that. So um, I try and post with more intent. Absolutely. So I want to pick up on a couple of things that you said that I think are that I 100% nodded my head at vigorously and high five to and that is it is very easy to post a black square or beyond that and I still see people doing a certain type of performative allyship I would say yeah. um, where you just share something um, and tell everybody else your followers to read it and maybe use a a hashtag <laughs> yeah. you know? and I, and really I don't really understand yeah <laughs> that is exactly it and yeah. while you know I don't want to be ableist some people are the online life is their community because they actually can't and especially right now we can't online life and in person offline life is very merged mm. but at the same time I do think the most important thing and the change is going to happen much quicker if, like you say, the mum of three white men, top of the food mm -hmm. chain, is having those conversations with them mm -hmm. from birth. That is, mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah. Oh, no, I have got one last question, which is, can you share a gift you'd love all women to have? So something that perhaps you wish you'd had when you pivoted into your current role. I kind of imagine this as almost like a magical chest that you like a trunk not your, <laughs> your boobs but um, your boobs are magical yeah um, they really are. <laughs> <laughs> that, that you know a woman starting out can open up and be like ah oh, this is amazing <laughs> <laughs> so physical items you mean I it depends could be physical you. yeah whatever you think it depends magical. what you need doesn't it um yeah it massively depends 
what you need equipment if, if we go for physical things decent equipment it's like the dream at the beginning isn't it everyone has like a hodgepodge of like secondhand equipment and something they've borrowed from a friend so when I've like upgraded my equipment throughout my journey of being self-employed that's been like such a treat like the new laptop and <laughs> the new camera and the new phone and everything I need all those things for work obviously not everyone needs those things but you know what I mean it's those like upgrades to things that feel legitimate um yeah and I I don't know you need a you need like a pal that you can go to with everything who's really objective um and for me a lot of the time it's my sister she just will sort of champion me she's also very dry and tells me not to take myself seriously so I think that's very important um and a supportive partner is helpful um somebody who who he just understands you um and lets you do it and like is there for you and also so you can shout at them when you need to <laughs> <laughs> i can remember in lockdown one the breakdowns i would have sort of every sort of three weeks you know probably hormonal um but yeah i can just remember him having to take me at my absolute worst during that because I just launched my courses and I was like oh my god this pandemic's happening like at the same time how could this be happening it feels very personal doesn't <laughs> it but it's not at all um so yeah um you need a yeah you need someone that you can a couple of people to rely on for sure oh, definitely. <laughs> I love your magical tool chest you should launch it <laughs> well that was so lovely to chat to you um thank you so much for your time and for You're your welcome. endless energy on instagram and for, for sharing your knowledge so generously because you do share it generously which is nice i think it's important yeah absolutely i mean you can come and buy some of my knowledge on my courses but i share loads as well because i think it's just important and it's fun and i get excited when i find something new out and just want to tell people <laughs> But even in your paid courses, I think it's generous to share all of the information that you share. I know people pay for it, but yeah. you know, some people keep that to themselves. Yeah, I've definitely uh, looked at other people's courses before that I bought and thought, wow, you're really not telling me much. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't want to do that when I wrote my courses. I was like, no, I literally want to educate you. I've taken other courses that I've been like, wow, this is amazing. And I wanted the, my courses to be wow courses, not oh, I've spent 20 quid and I, I could have learned that from a blog post sort of yeah. thing. So, yeah. That's good. Thank you. So where can <laughs> everyone find you? Okay, you can find me on Instagram. Mainly that's where I hang out. So that's She Made Magic. And I also have a website where my courses are sold. You can find more information about me, my portfolios on there for brands um, and also presets I sell on there for Lightroom. And that is shemademagic.com and that's it really I don't do the YouTube I'm not very good at the TikTok um, mainly Instagram <laughs>